is not that much different than the picture. Well, I can assure you, Mr. Daggett, that the events that are described in there are taken from the account of eyewitnesses, sir. Eyewitnesses? Yes, sir. You mean like the duck himself, I guess? <laughs> they, the Duke. Duck, I says. You have insulted the honor of this beautiful woman, Corker, said the duck. You must apologize, but Two-Gun Corcoran would have none of it. In cursing, he reached for his pistols and would have killed him, but the duck was faster, and hot lad blazed from his smoking six-gun. See, I consider that to be an accurate depiction of the events, albeit, all right, there is a certain poetry to the language which I couldn't resist. Uh, uh, Mr. Beauchamp, I was in the Blue Bottle Saloon in Wichita the night that English Bob killed Corky Corcoran. I didn't see you there. No, no woman, no two gun shooters, or none of this. You were there? Yeah, I was there. First off, Corky never carried two guns. Oh, he should have. No, he, he was he was called two gun Parker. Yeah, well, a lot of folks did call him two gun. But that wasn't because he was sporting two pistols. That was because he had a dick that was so big, it was longer than the barrel on that Walker Colt that he carried. And the only insulting he ever did was stick that thing of his into this French lady that English Bob here was kind of sweet on. You see, the night that Corky walked into the Blue Bottom, before he knows what's happening, Bob here takes a shot at him. And he misses because he's damn drunk. Now, that bullet wasn't by panicked old Corky. And he did the wrong thing. He went for his gun in such a hurry, he shot his own damn toe off. Meantime, Bob here, he's aiming real good. And he squeezes off another. But he misses. Cause he's still so damn drunk and he hits this thousand dollar mirror up over the bar. But now, the duck of death is as good as dead. Because Corky does it right. He aims real careful. No hurry. And BAM! That Walker Colt blew up in his hand. Which was a failing common to that model. You see, though, Corky had to have two guns and instead of just a big dick. He would have been there right to the end to defend himself. Wait a minute, you, you, you mean that English, English Bob killed him when he didn't even have him. Well, old Bob wasn't going to wait for Corky to grow a new hand. No, he just walked over there real slow. Because he was drunk. Shot him right through the liver. Hello, folks. This is the Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill. With you tonight, and only her tonight, and I'm just fine with that, because uh, um, one of us couldn't make it. Uh, Iris, she's here. What's up, girl? Oh, not much. How's it going with you? It's going it's, uh, I hear ya. We, we got snow today. I'm, a, I'm an unhappy camper because I thought it was over. <laughs> but, uh, it's never over. Uh, no, it's not over. No, we got snow the other night, too. It was really funny because um, I was looking on my weather app, and I saw these lightning strikes around us. And I said, oh, you know what they say about lightning in the winter? It's going to rain or it's going to snow. And uh, then we heard this huge thunder boom through and... Within seconds, it was snowing. Yeah, because I have so friends. I, like, I have friends in Las Vegas, and they said there was a blizzard in Las Vegas. I was like, "Well, I guess we're gonna get some shit coming at us." I guess. Cause, yeah. Uh, if you got a blizzard in Vegas, you know. <laughs> mhm, mhm, mhm. A little topsy turvy. I'm not gonna go on about climate change because I'm not the kind of person. But um, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's been a weird winter, and my arms are feeling it because of it. Extremely. I hear you. It's really been the weather itself has been really weird the last two years. My arms feel all flabby and useless from not shoveling heart attack snow this season, and um, yeah, it, it's a thing. <laughs> but enough about the the news and the weather. Um, 
we are here. We are here for you and, and for us. This, this is perfect time for us. Uh, I'm going to ask Iris, because um, I ain't got a lot to contribute to this segment of the show. What you been watching lately, girl? So, Lynn and I started watching, um, yeah, what's it called? School of Chocolate. Dude, that is so awesome. The, the things that Amari, which is the the chocolatier, the master, the things he does with chocolate is is freaking amazing. And then we also started watching um, the great uh, B- B- British baking show, but The Professionals, that's pretty good, too. Um, and then, of course, you know, just your regular stupid bullshit TV, um, you know, love at first sight and all this other stuff. So or marriage at first sight or whatever. Just trying to stay in the motion with those. But besides that, I mean, I've been so busy at work. I really have not had time to do a lot of movie watching. I get you. Yeah, my my job's not that demanding. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, I, I do it every day though, which is the the biggest rub of my job. <laughs> That's busy itself, right? It's 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 demanding, that's for sure. Um, what did I watch? Oh, here here's one that you guys should look for. It's on Blu-ray now and digital. Uh, South Korean film called Project Wolf Hunting. Um, this is a film in which uh, it's it's a, it's a film which which uh, forty of the most dangerous criminals are transported by boat to from the Philippines back to Korea again. But they don't quite make it there because, of course, the prisoners escape and start murdering everybody. And then in in, oh, the, in the lower decks, they have uh, a super soldier that's lying dormant. But of course, he wakes up and just starts destroying everything. He's like a, he's like a my friend Kyle calls it Frankenstein murder boat, and he's not wrong because that's what happens in this movie. There's Frankenstein, and there's a lot of blood and guts and and murder. And there's a great scene. I'll give one scene away. That this this doesn't sell you on watch this movie. These two guys decided they they want to take on the 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 Frankenstein murderer, and he he punches through the guy's chest cavity. Oh my! And the the other guy decides, oh, it's a good idea. I'm gonna try to stab Frankenstein here, and then Frankenstein rips the guy's arm off and then beats him to death with it. So <laughs> that's awesome. So, so look for Project Wolf Hunting. It's it's a it's spectacular, bloody time. Um, I I can't recommend it enough. Because I, I was watching it at work and I was like, damn, shit. I was, I was like, I was screaming like, like I was in the hood in the theater or something. And I was like, yeah, this, nice. this is happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is because um, cause Lee Russell recommended it. I didn't know it was, it, was, it was original to a remake. I watched the original mm. Man on Fire with uh, Scott Glenn and Joe Pesci and Danny Aiello's in this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, if you don't know what this is, this is a film about uh, a guy who was... A, a soldier, I think it was Special Forces, who's out of the game, but becomes bodyguard to this uh, this rich guy's young daughter. Rich guy's young daughter gets kidnapped, uh, and he, of course, uh, bonds with this little girl, so he has to take it upon himself after he's shot and beaten by these people to um, to, to go rescue her, you know? Yeah. Uh, I won't tell you successfully or unsuccessfully, but it's, it's pretty, pretty brilliantly done. And um, It's a good movie. It is a good movie. I, I think uh, Lee's right. Scott Glenn is a, is a guy who's not afraid to take a beating on film, and he, he gets beat up a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, uh, I decided to follow up my, da- my Danny Aiello connection for, 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 for no, no reason, just to watch a Glickenhouse slash Golden Harvest co-production called The Protector with uh, Jackie Chan and Danny Aiello. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, 
I've seen that one too. This is fun. This is 80s Jackie doing ridiculous, irresponsible stunts. And <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Ridiculous. Like him jumping from a, a, a boat to, to onto a crane. And mm-hmm. you, you know he's on. And you the, can he, see his leg just go. Bloop, yeah. Just <laughs> irresponsible shit. And like, it's so much fun to watch though. And I think Shout put out two big box sets of old Jackie stuff. And. I'm gonna pick this up when it's the right price. You just just to get back into these movies again. I think I think Meals on Wheels is on there, and a bunch of, a bunch of old stuff that probably never seen an American Blu-ray. And this is a uh, this is Glicken House. This is New York. This is this is this is Hong Kong as well because he traveled to Hong Kong. Hence the Golden Harvest co-production. And again, another kidnapping plot. But Jackie in this movie um, has to fight. Uh, a white guy Hercules uh, in in one scene, and the scene after fight, fight, fight a guy named Chinese Hercules. So it's it's uh it's amazing. It's 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 again eighties Jackie at, at, its, at its at its finest, and uh, it's it's really good. It's yeah, fun. It's I a think, fun movie. I think you can find it on Tubi if you guys want to watch that one for sure. Uh, anything else to speak of? Not really. I watched Black Roses for the commentary show, and for no reason but to look for a good quote. That's not the one that I chose. I, I'll, I'll let you know what I, what I chose when I get it, get it, when I get it back. Uh, a friend of mine who I buy, buy autographs from sometimes is going to Days of the Dead Vegas this weekend where they have a sleepaway camp reunion. So I watch sleepaway camp because I, I want uh, an autograph from the meanest of the mean girls of the 1980s. Uh, nice. A, a Judy autograph. I, I, I have to have one in my collection, you know. Um, I, I'll give you a hint. I, I had to sign the second part of it too. Uh, your side ponied side side chick, you know, because she rocks that side pony in that movie. You know, I, mm. I, I said it in the, in the post. So like, you, you got a side pony, get to be mean. It's, it's just the rules, you know. That's how it goes. And she, she got a great side pony. Um, but I, I digress, though. My obsession with Judy's side pony and whatever <laughs> what, what, whatever that girl's name was, and I, I think the only thing that tops that is the daughter in Alone in the Dark. Because it's like multicolored and crimped, her, her side pony. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's something else. One day we'll do that movie and talk about why Martin Landau loves that hat so much. It's just, um, man. Um, and besides that, yeah, I, I, I don't have many beefs this week. I, I, I have a, a minor beef with uh, my cousin's daycare. And this is important to hear as a parent. Um, if you take your child to daycare, the, the key word in there is care. And this is my cousin's child mm-hmm. who I, I helped raise since he was a baby. And we helped raise her since she was a baby. So we're awful close to him. You know, he's five. So today at his school, um, he fell, okay, over his own shoelaces. So, so instead of tying the kid's shoes, they, they, they sent her a, a message like they do now to, to parents saying your kid fell because he didn't know how to tie his own shoes. Now, now if if he got hurt or, like, cut his head open or broke his arm or something, they'd have to answer to some kind of authority to say, you know, what what, what were you doing when this kid fell and, and hurt himself this bad? Or is there an excuse going to be, um, yeah, we, we, we told him to tie his shoes. You know, he's five years old. He may not know how to do that. So their solution, so he doesn't fall, is, is to take his shoelaces out of his shoes, like he's some kind of fucking prisoner or something, you know. So he can fall out of his shoes. Okay, yes. sounds good. So the, 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 oh my gosh, the, the moral of the story is: be, beware who you let watch your kids, because that I, 
if this was me and it, it feels like me and the school's about three blocks from my house and I feel like going there tomorrow and saying, you know, I, I give you your shoelaces, I'm going to see if you fucking fall over because, you know, that's an ignorant thing to say to somebody, first of all, about their kid who, you know, this kid could be on the spectrum somewhere. He, he could be borderline autistic, he could be borderline you know, behavioral, whatever it is. And if you say that and this is true, as a, as a parent, you have the right to sue the fuck out of this fucking school. Right, and, and I mean, like you said, this is this is a daycare, care being the 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 key word here. Um, you don't, and not every kid knows how to tie their shoes by five. I mean, come on, that's that's ridiculous. It's, it's a small. And, and you know a, what? It's, it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it, it's basically them trying to excuse their inattention. I mean, it, it seems like they're targeting him out of all these the, the twenty kids that are in this daycare to say, you know what? This kid did not tie his shoes, and we're, we're gonna berate him for it. You know, uh, you know, have a have a nice. It's kind of like they're saying, "So you learn." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's just a it, viral. I mean, it ain't sticking a fork in a light socket, people. It, it's it's you know, your shoes are untied. I'm a grown up. My shoes are untied half the time. You know, I I stuff the laces in my shoes. Are you gonna say, "Hey, you, you, you <laughs> fell, dumbass"? You, you should learn to tie your shoes. Like I already know how to tie my shoes, but I'm being an irresponsible adult by stuffing them in my shoes and walking away. You know, <laughs> uh, whatever. Fucking, you know, if you're you're a caregiver of, of, of any kind. Let's say you're caring for an old person in a nursing home, and they fall out of their bed, and you say you're gonna say, "Hey, I guess they should have been built better" or something. You gonna say that? Like no, because they're gonna have clear out of fucking questions if an old person falls on the bed, you know. Yeah, that's that's not cool, man. Not cool at all. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 my beefage, you know, for 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 this particular episode. Um, yeah, you, you never you never know. <laughs> you never know what's gonna set you off, people, and that that set me off. I was I was mad, man. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Um, yeah, but tonight uh, that uh, we're we're gonna do this and. I'm sure Iris has a lot to say about the the one film for sure because Suzanne brought up the Wonderland birds and she couldn't be here to talk about them. Um, so one of those films, uh, this is a little Bill Double Bill, and where they came about is there's two characters in these two films that are called Little Bill, and it's that simple. Um, Gene Hackman in, in Unforgiven um, from 1992, I think it is, or yeah, here 1992, yeah, that's correct, as Little Bill Daggett, and William H Macy as Little Bill. I don't know what his last name is in the Boogie Nights. They really don't say that. But um it might be on the IMDb. We'll we'll find we'll find that out. Um but yeah, I'm looking for those both both with both great films and uh yeah, it's just they happen to have that, that small tinge connection. So in the true spirit of this fucking podcast, I put them together because, you know, why not? <laughs> but we'll start these in chronological order. Um with Unforgiven from 1992, and we'll do that right this trailer. Step over to the office and get the bullwhip. A whipping? That's all they get after what they've done? Get out of there! It was a matter of honor. They're paying a thousand dollars to whatever kills the two boys that cut up Delilah. In a time when lawmen were killers. What are y'all looking at? You English Bob. Outlaws were heroes. Well, I thought that you were dead. Hell, I even thought I was dead. Till I found out it was just in Nebraska. And a bad reputation. You're the one who killed William Harvey and robbed that train over Missouri? Was as good as gold. My guess is you're calling yourself Mr. William Money. 
Say what? You don't look no meaner than hell, cold-blooded damn killer. I ain't like that anymore, kid. Thousand dollars reward, Will. Nobody's gonna come. So you still have that Spencer rifle, huh? Yeah. He's my partner. He don't go, I don't go. What's it come to three ways? Just because we're going on this killing, that don't mean I'm gonna go back to being the way I was. Are you really gonna kill them, cowboy? I do not like assassins. <laughs> or men of low character. We ain't bad men no more. We're farmers. Oh, I guess they have it coming. We all have it coming, kid. Some legends will never be forgotten. Some wrongs can never be forgiven. The man don't want to get killed. Better clear on out the back. Unforgiven. Unforgiven from 1992. Um, your cheapo plot synopsis is this. Retired Old West gunslinger, William Money, reluctantly takes on one last job, that of his old partner, Ned Logan, and a young man, the, the, the Showfield Kid. Uh, this is directed by Clint Eastwood, written by David Webb Peoples. Uh, Peoples, I'm sorry, not Peoples, that's, that's, that's another person. Peoples. Um, part one of The Little Bit Double Bill. The Little Bit Double Bill. Uh, this stars Clint Eastwood, of course. Uh, but little Bill in this question is Gene Hackman as little Bill Daggett, the the, the sheriff of this uh, this little burg. Uh, Morgan Freeman as Ned Logan, Richard Harris as English Bob, James Wolvelt Wolvet as the the, the Showfield Kid. Uh, Saul Rubinek, love that guy, shows up as W.W. Bouchamp. Uh, Francis Fisher, who's doing conventions now, which is awesome, as Strawberry Alice, like the madam of, of the 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 house of ill repute. Um, I, I, I gotta do this because Iris watched the wrong movie for this for this show, but 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 not in a bad way. She watched Dirty Little Billy, and I want to hear her thoughts on that film. Uh, just give us a little your little schmeal girl. What you thought about it? Yo, know, Dirty Little Billy was an amazing flick. First time I had seen it, and I mean you have a great cast. I mean Richard Evans and Michael Pollard in this just kicked the damn thing out of the water. I mean they were so good, and. You have Lee Purcell. I did not know it was Lee Purcell because she looked so shitty in the movie until I saw the cast and I was like, fuck, because she is a gorgeous woman, right? I mean, come on. And all of us had no idea. And and we get to see little Gary Boosie in it <laughs> before he got like all weird. I think that man was born six feet tall. I'm just going to throw it out there. He was. He really was, wasn't he? But, you know, the story is great. I love – to me, it seems like it might have been or it could have been a play because it it takes place in two places, in a room where the town hall meets and at the bar. Those are the two main places that uh, that this takes place in, right? And it's really great because – it's dirty, it's yucky, and it really gives you a sense of the real West, not, you know, a John Western where a John Wayne Western where he comes in strutting in all clean and looking good and all that. No, this was in a muddy little town and you know, it's very podunk and it was really, really good. Um, I love the story. 
it was more of Billy the Kid as some punk ass whiny boy before he, you know, really made a name for himself. Um, you know, the first time he handled a gun and all this other stuff. Uh, so yeah, he was basically a. I don't want to know. I don't want to say a bootkit, a bootleg, but a very yes man sidekick in this. And being that he was more of the second character in this, I'm surprised that the movie was called Dirty Little Billy. But I guess the whole nuance of the thing is how somebody took him in and kind of brought him up in the life of ill repute. So I can see where the name came in, but I was thinking he was going to be more of a main character than anything else. And there's the the relationship between Goldie and Billy and then also Billy and Barl. I really like those relationships too. They are strong relationships. One of them is very much uh, master and slave. And the other one is two people that are trying to figure out where the fucking life they belong. And that would be Billy and Barl. So, yeah, it was it was very interesting. I loved um, the use of uh, basically the the um, the location was a character in itself. I, I loved how they did that. So, yeah, it was it was a really great film. And, and I was very happy. I mistakenly watched that one instead. Yeah, it's a good one. Me, me, me and Lee are both in agreement. We uh, we both dug a pretty good. Um, but out of this one, this one. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of times that, like I say, I I took that 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 name and just put these two films together, and I'm, I'm not even mad at myself for that because uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good discussion, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will kick it to to you first, Iris, and um, and and ask you what your thoughts are this movie. All right, so for the Unforgiven, um, I mean, first of all, the the person that uh, Clint Eastwood plays kind of makes me think of, you know, like all the spaghetti Westerns that he was in. And it's kind of like that guy met a lady that he totally fell in love with and kind of turned him onto the straight and narrow. And then all of a sudden, the reason why he was on the straight and narrow is gone. And, um... He's just trying to be a law-abiding citizen on his farm, raising pigs and two kids. So I, I like I like that part. But then after that part, it becomes your run-of-the-mill. You know, this guy used to be a gunfighter, and now he has to come out of retirement because... You know, either he needs money or there's revenge that he needs to do. And that's where I kind of start losing it. But the writers for this, you know, uh, David Webb Peebles, he did a good job because he kind of he kind of grabbed me back when, um, you know, they go into town and, you know, Billy, little Bill kicks the fuck out of uh, Will Mooney. You know, he just tears him up, kicking him around and all that, while the other two kind of run away. So that's when I started getting interested. I was like, oh. And then when you find out that the little motherfucker Schofield kid who's trying to be like Mr. Big Man, who really 
Well, can we spoil this? No. Oh, yeah. This is this is Look, um. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's like nineteen something, right? <laughs> or two thousand four. Yeah, we can spoil that. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, the Schofield kid who had been, you know, talking big and everything, first of all, can't see any further than fifty yards, and um. You're boasting that he's a killer and he had killed five men already and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, he, that, the, the person that he killed was the first person that he had killed ever. And the kid was already having some major PTSD after he had done it. The characters, the way they are developed and the way um, you start kind of get emotionally involved with them, especially between the, the relationship between um, Will and Ned. Uh, Ned is another great character in this because, again, another guy who got put on the straight and narrow, and he is now a farmer. But they wanted to do it, it's kind of like they wanted that one last bravado, right? That, that one last standing ovation, like, yeah, bad guys, villains, yeah. Um, so these both these guys agree to go with this kid to do what they needed to go do. Um, but it just, you know, like a typical Western, somebody got caught, somebody got killed, so then somebody else has to go take revenge. I was surprised, very much so, that um, both Will, well, I was surprised that Will didn't get killed. Let's just say that at the very end, you know, when he goes in there and he's like, bam, 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 and gets everybody and... I'm sorry, but nobody in that place could shoot because the man wasn't that far from them and they still couldn't hit him, but whatever. Um, he does manage to kill, you know, the bad guys and uh, the supposed bad guys in this and all that. And the whores get their, their revenge that they wanted. And um, he basically walks away from the town and he's good. I was like, well, that's a real surprise because I thought that, he was not going to go off riding into the sunset. I was pretty much thinking that he was going to get shot in his back as he was riding away or something, you know, but he wasn't. And so that was a very nice surprise for me. I really liked the first time I watched this movie. Um, it was in the th movie theater and, um, yeah, I was very, very surprised it didn't happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I really, really liked this movie. Uh, soundtrack is beautiful. The, um, the scenery is fucking gorgeous. The, the very beginning, the sunset and a guy digging a grave and it's all silhouetted. I mean, that that is just fucking beautiful. And it ends the same way with him basically laying flowers at that grave. It, it's just gorgeous. Just fucking gorgeous. And I mean, it, it all really comes together in the end. And I was really happy it, it gets tied up. I think it had been, I don't know, maybe about 10 years since I saw this movie last. I'm kind of glad I watched it again because it kind of reminded me of all these things that I really, really liked. I mean, it almost reminded me of like, uh, you know, one of those early Japanese samurai movies, you know, kind of like the uh, Seven Samurai or something like that, you know, just these guys getting together to take care of some ill will that was um, – forced on someone and this someone needed to be revenged. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was, this was really good. And I'm, I'm glad that I watched it again. 
Yeah, like he was like first time, long time for me to 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 re- revisit this movie. And um, I, I I what you said before about it reminds you of like him playing one of his characters from before that possibly had, reti- had settled down or retired. You know, t- took a wife and took children. The the way he talks about and you know, the way people talk about him, he's done some bad stuff in his past as far as yeah. like like destructive things. So it's almost like. He was one of the guys that Blondie might have been chasing, you know, for for the bounty. Oh yeah, it was yeah. a real bad dude. So it's like almost like the exact opposite of his character, but this character lived through this, and you know, said they took a wife and he had children. So this wife um, made him made him level, made him made him a better person. As far as he's got to go back to his 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 wild and wandering days of, of killing people and. Supposedly, I think they mentioned like one of his major things, which I think was blowing up a bridge and just killed children and women and blah blah blah. Yep. I think it is, but they don't really go into the deep history of you know all the all the bad stuff he's done. But our, our, our his friend uh, Morgan Freeman character bah, 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 knows what he's done, and the, the whole thing is he doesn't want his kids to know what he's done in, in the past because that's between him and his wife. And that, that that's that, that's kind of great, but um, this cast though, you know, little Bill, uh, Gene Hackman, he, he's kind of like the, I I can't even read this character. It's kind of hard because he's this hard nosed dude, but but at the same time, he, he's kind of like pompous at the same time to where he he takes English Bob who who's there to to collect this bounty because the whole crux of this movie is. Francis Fisher, who's, who's the madam, runs the whorehouse in town, and one of these bad, bad, bad men of the sheriffs, one of his, I think one of his deputies, uh, cuts up a, a prostitute in their their place and beats her up real bad, and they decide they're going to gather their money together for 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 a bounty for for this asshole, and uh, and this is where Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and uh, the, the the Showfield kid come into play. They're gonna go collect this bounty, but at the same time, but Bill Bill Money doesn't want to go back into his, his old wild ways. But he, I, I think, I don't even know. It, it's really hard to say. It, it's like he needs the money, but at the same time, you know, this is something that his wife would want him to do if he was gonna come out of retirement for one thing to not do bad. This is the one good thing he can do is is help these women in this town. Uh it's just it's it's so. I mean, rough. it makes sense though, yeah. right? And and there's also the beautiful scene between the gal who had gotten cut up, and you know she goes, you know, like, well, you can get a freebie too, and or a free one. And he's like, no, and she's like, well, I didn't mean me. And he's like, no, 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 you're you're cool. She, he's like, you're you're beautiful. You just have scars, and and he goes, I have a wife, right? And so even still. He was taking his wife into account by not, you know, being with this woman because that hilarious conversation between Ned and Will about, well, so do you use your hand? (laughs) Because, you know, he doesn't go into town to, you know, sleep with a whore. Yeah. Well, him and the Schofield kid are upstairs just getting it in, you know. It's like, oh, they've been been taking free ones all this whole time. Blah, 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 you know. He's like, yeah, no, thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Oh, they cracked me up. Do you use your hand? 
they throw a little stuff like that in there. You, you wouldn't think it belonged in a movie like this, but at the same time, <laughs> th- these are conversations that dudes would have, you know, because yeah, Ned, I mean, Ned, you know, Ned, Ned's single and ready to mingle. He'll he'll, he'll fuck somebody, but then of course the Schofield kid will too. But um, you know, Bill's got a little more conviction. Bill Bill had a wife, and Bill Bill is 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 still mourning his wife because, like, like I said, you see him be digging a grave. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's for his wife, and um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so he's still he's still in mourning. He's still thinking very much. You know what what would she have me do, and what she would have him do is to go help these 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 women in this town. And that's the only reason for him to for him to go. I mean, be being way past his prime or what he used to do. I mean, you mentioned the scene where they're shooting on the hill and. They're not hitting anything. I mean, he's he's that rusty to to where he yeah, can't hit nothing right. anymore. You know, and I think that's that plays a big part in this. Like, you know, these 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 men who who are way past their prime. You know, looking looking for uh, the 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 dollar, if if you will, but not not being very good. But I think Bill's the only one that's the realest of the group to to realize that if if he goes into goes into this town and goes into this situation that. If he goes, you know, he'll go doing something good, it be, be, right. being the outlaw, not doing something from his wild days back back in those nasty days. And I think um, his his wife and his children would be proud of him in that sense, to, to, to the point where he made a backup plan to where they would go with the Native American woman if he didn't make it back, you know. Right, right, yeah. And, um, <laughs> God, you know, the... the a lot of that is 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 really good in this movie, and and like you said, the writing in this, I, I really enjoyed the writing. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry I didn't mean to fin- uh, interrupt you. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. A uh, little shit. This movie, I mentioned English Bob. You know, just being a pompous ass, and then little Bill just shutting him down, beating the fuck out of him, and kicking him in the street. You know, that's the, the, the part where, where Saul Rubinick's character, Bouchon, pisses himself when he sees the guns. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, yeah, this guy really has a greenhorn, Andy. He just, uh, he's never seen a gun in his life. He just writes about gunslingers and this, that, or the other. And that just that just proves that he's kind of harmless, which is kind of like little, why little Bill didn't kill him because he's this that pompous. And this is this is Old West times to where you you would see, like, you know, nickel nickel novels on the shelf at the general store about Billy the Kid and bullshit like that. And I, I think a little Bill wanted him to write that kind of story about him to see to say how great of a lawman he was and blah blah bullshit. And this is why he kind of kept them around. And this is kind of this is why uh, B- 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 Bouchamp uh, kind of he lives in the end. E- even then, right? You know, <laughs> even it, then, it, even then, the scene where he he comes, you know, to to. Avengers friend who was displayed outside of this fucking bar after he was tortured and beaten and killed. Um, he, he he has questions for Bill. Like, did, did you shoot the best gunman first? It has to be little Bill. He he wants to write all of this down. He wants to he right, wants, to, he wants right. to chronicle everything. Yeah, so, he's so, so, so clueless. <laughs> so little Bill has so little Bill is a proper ending, I guess. I don't know. It's so strange. You know. Right, right. The duck of death. Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh God! <laughs> Fran- Francis Fisher as, as Strawberry Alice. She she's like the madam of the of the lower house, like I mentioned before. She's in so many things that you would have seen. Uh, Titanic. She she's in so many things. Just look her up one time. 
like I said, she may be coming to a convention near you. I know, I know the people that are representing her for that, and I'm like, about time you start getting some of these character actors out in the streets and, you know, doing stuff. And uh, But yeah, she, she's great. This, this, this film is great. I, I love, I have it in 4K, but it's still a very dark film to watch, even in 4K. Yes, it is. Because they still have the old, old. There's, there's no electricity, obviously. It's, it's all lit by lanterns and such inside, like the bar. So, you see shadows of faces, are very dark, darkened faces. So, 4K does as good, but doesn't do a very good because most of the film is is filmed in the dark. And I, I like, I like that 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 grimy feeling to the film, to where the others. It's just dread. There's very little sun in the film. Uh, there's there's like no hope. But you know what? <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, Bill Bill Money makes it home. But um, yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh fuck, man. I I was kind of bummed about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I could have. You know, the first time I like I was saying, the first time I watched this, I thought for sure that there was going to be a shootout between Gene Hackman and him and. Yeah, Hackman was going to end up dead, but he was going to mortally wound Will. Yeah, he, but it didn't happen. He, he did go down like a bitch, though, didn't he? Like, yeah. Cause he, Big time. He's not like, if you look at this, you watch The Quick and the Dead. The Quick and the Dead, uh, his character in that film, this kind of like cartoon version of of, of um as, as of Little Bill. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's strange. It's a film I love. If you've ever seen The Quick of the Dead, it's, it's probably my most favorite Sam Raimi film for the, for the fact that his cast is so deep. Not, not just your your main people, but... And versatile. Yeah. Versatile. You got Kevin Conway in that movie, Lance Henriksen, um, Keith David, uh, Woody fucking Strode is in that movie, uh, Robert's Blossom. It's, it's so it's deep. Sure. It's so deep that they're fucking cast. And that's what makes it his best movie, in my opinion, you know? <laughs> Who was who was the the female gunfighter? Was it's, that Stone? Sharon Stone, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Leo DiCaprio and yeah, yeah, it's it's good. It's so good, you know. Oh, oh Mark Boone Jr. is in that movie. It's, you you wouldn't recognize it, but he's in that movie, you know, because he he has a bald head. He has long hair, so <laughs> so good. But this is so good too. I I I I can see why I got all the accolades because every time I watch it, and I remember when I watched it probably a decade ago, I got the same feelings um, that I had when I when I watched it the first time. And uh, it hits in the feels. You you want you want William Money to live, and because you, you see these kids, and you're like, they're just gonna, they're just gonna go with this Native American woman. Like, no, your wife wouldn't like that, so you're gonna live. I, I know goddamn well you're gonna live. You know. <laughs> So, <laughs> not that he would, she would care if they were taken care of by a Native American woman, but, you know, backup plan. It's like the cool. reason why. The <laughs> reason why. Is, <laughs> she wouldn't have liked that. Backup plan. Backup plan there, Bill. Um, I dig it, though. It, it, there's there's a lot to talk about, but it's, it's a very simplistic film. I mean, you got you got the the men, you got their, their, their past, you have the mission, and the mission they accept, and bloodshed. And the, the 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 prostitutes win. The ladies of the evening win. You know, um, Iris. Anything else let's like, say about the film? We give it one ten. Um, just one more thing. Uh, Bill Hackman's character. I think he was he was just a guy who was trying to do the right thing, right? And um, just 
telling these two um, cattlemen that, oh, just bring back a couple of horses because you ruined his property, so you have to give up some of your property. And I think this is where, you know, Strawberry, like, fuck that. We are not property. We are people. But if you think about it back then, the mentality was um, women were property. You know, it, it, you, I mean, you couldn't vote, so, and you couldn't own property by yourself and all that. So you were a piece of property. So in his head, he was doing the right thing by Sonny. But the women were like, fuck this guy and fuck that guy, <laughs> you know? So um, he was just trying to do the right thing. And so when, you know, uh, English, what is it? Is English Bob comes in, he kicks the shit out of him and, you know, says, you know, example for everybody else. And I think he was trying to send a message to the women also like, don't push this because it's going to turn out bad. Oh, because he, he knows they, 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 they called for somebody to come do this at, at some point mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, Sonny comes to see him and goes, dude, um, these women are saying they have money. And they put a bounty on the two guys that cut up, you know, the other gal. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? They don't have that kind of money, which they did. You know, bless their hearts and their little cunning, but whatever. Um... So, yeah, I think he was just trying to do the best he could for that town, but just in a very misguided way, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, everybody in this is wonderful. It's great. The writing is amazing. And if you didn't know, um, there is a movie, a Japanese movie, by the same name with Ken Watanabe in it. And uh, you should check it out because I have seen that one and it's really good. It's Samurais. That's why I was saying that this reminded me of Samurais. But anyway, um, I'm going to give this an eight because I really, really enjoyed the writing. I enjoyed the story, even though I kind of got bored at it because I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. It's like this, like every other Western. But then it brought me back in and um, I got emotionally invested in the characters. And usually I don't do that with Westerns because, I mean... We all know now. We all know how westerns end. So yeah, I'll give this an eight. Yeah, emotional experience for for me. I I, I gotta say, I forgot to mention one part. The the part after Bill Money gets shit kicked out of him, um, he's in the desert recovering, and he, he has his moments in a lot of these westerns, and it just happens in a lot of westerns to where you know you think that the outlaw is down and out, and he, he goes and kind of has like this resurrection in the desert. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's a trope I love, and it happens in this movie. Except he just kind of, oh, yeah. he just kind of sleeps Jesus through, complex. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of sleeps for three days. Like he gets really, really tired, and you know, hey, you know, t- took some medicine. I'm good to go now. Let's, he comes back a changed man. <laughs> let, let's let's go kill little Bill. I feel invincible right now. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but good shit though. I, I, if you haven't seen Unforgiven, it's it's a it's, uh, it's a wonderful piece of cinema, and I it's it's hard for me not to recommend it as it's. And you know, I, I I dig it. Um, next up is a uh, something completely different, and um, <laughs> in, in a wonderful way, though. Uh, yes, we're gonna do Boogie Nights next. Our, our second in the little Bill Double Bill. We'll explain why next after this trailer. Everyone's given one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. 
I want you to know I plan on being a star. A big, bright, shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make it. Exotic pictures. In 1977, a kid from nowhere made me think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in this A-track, and you just give a listen and tell what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These are the ones. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. <laughs> Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Diggler. Wow. Goodbye, 1979. Hello, 1980. Are you ready? But in 1980... Come on, you puppies! The party was over. You are fired! What? You're fired! It's jealousy, it's deceitfulness, it's vindictiveness. But, I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top? Oh, wait, 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 wait. About this part. New Line Cinema presents... A portrait of two decades in the life of a business, the days of a dreamer, and the nights in between. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights from 1997. Uh, your cheaper plot synopsis is this. Back when sex was safe, pleasure was a business, and business was booming. Not really true. An idealistic porn producer aspires <laughs> to elevate his craft to an art where he discovers a hot young talent. This is written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, you may know him from his work in Day There Will Be Blood or Magnolia. Um, I like one of those movies, not so much the other one. Uh, <laughs> This uh, stars Mark Wahlberg as Eddie Adams, a.k.a. Dirk Diggler, uh, Julianne Moore as Amber Waves, mm-hmm. Bert, uh, Academy Award winner um, Burt Reynolds for this movie, I believe, as Jack Horner, uh, Luis Guzman as Maurice, John C. Riley as Reed Rothschild, Nicole Ari Parker as Becky Barnett, and yes, she is. That, that's, I don't know, man. Good stuff. Uh, Don mm-hmm. Cheadle as Buck Swope, Heather Graham as the Roller Girl. Uh, William H. Macy as the, the greatest cuck on the planet to Little Bill in this movie. Uh, Nina Hartley as Little Bill's wife. The greatest uh, horrible wife that Little Bill could have, you know? Uh, <laughs> she is skanking it up. Oh, man. Oh, my God, yeah. Just getting in the driveway. Come on now. You know. Uh, Joanna Gleason is Dirk's mother. She is um something special. <laughs> Dirk's mother. Um... This film came out when I was 16 years old, so you know my penis feels. Uh, Iris, how's, how's your uh, lady parts feel? Give us the, the lowdown as on Boogie Nights for you, girl. Okay, so first of all, let me say that I would never, ever kick Julianne Moore out of my bed. 
she could eat fucking crackers and cookies and anything she wanted. <laughs> because I would let her. Hotter now, I'd Don't say. Come. She's even hotter now. <laughs> her and Heather Graham, man. At the same time, I don't care. But yeah, uh, these ladies are beautiful. This this movie. Okay, so the uh, first time I watched this, um, you know, it, it was in um, it was in the movie theater, and um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, nothing. I didn't think of anything special of it, but it was good. Uh, the main reason why I went to go see this movie was because Burt Reynolds is in it, and. Being a child of the '80s, Burt Reynolds is Burt Reynolds is my man. I'm sorry, but you know, even for me to say that this is a sexy man, I mean, come on, he, because he is a sexy man. He's got that stachio going on. I mean, come on, and I love his character in this, and you know, just the way he is. I mean, when he didn't want to. Um, to sign up with uh, Gondolini or Gondoli, I think it is, because, you know, he was going to be shooting on videotape and he thought that that was going to basically kill um, this kind of filming, which if you really think about it, historically it has, because now any hack can get a camera and, you know, fuck like a bunny and then post it out on the internet. Well, we have iPhones now, Iris. We could do a no, lot more than we'll that, see. <laughs> now right i mean so you, you take your your high definition iphone and you can film a hd film of you fucking like a bunny and doing it real bad um but yeah so it, it did diminish the quality i mean you know the pussycat theaters even though those were places of ill repute um you know they were still good films i remember i remember as a child <laughs> Watching the Playboy channel, you know, as it was all, you know, with all the static and stuff. And you could kind of, if you, if you squinted your eyes really hard, you could see what was going on. Is that an elbow or a nipple? Right, exactly. You know, and then you know, once I was in the Navy and um, these films were introduced, uh, you know, we were out to sea. Uh, yeah, you know, it was like, uh, oh, yeah, there were interesting films. But... um a little educational once in a while. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, his character was right. It, it did kill, you know, the art of, of this type of film. Um, but his character, I think is the one that I really gravitate to, but you, we can't say that, um, you know, Marky Mark or, or Mark Wahlberg's character, uh, Dirk, we can't say that he wasn't a good character himself because I mean, it, it also, it's, it's all about him, right? Him and his, Big schlong, his long schlong, uh, which you get to see at the very end. Um, but still, it, it's it's an interesting time in, I think, in society where, you know, like it says, you know, business was banging, you know, at the time. And that that's basically what it was. Uh, and it kind of slowly diminished because all of a sudden, you know, cocaine comes in and all these other things. And then child pornography is 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 not something you know it was really really bad if you were found with that i mean not that it ever wasn't but you know it was the the that stigma of stranger danger and all that was also starting to begin in the 1980s right it was the satanic panic and all that so 
all of these things were like very, very bad things that were going to lead you to hell and Satan possessing you and all this other stuff. So I think it was an an excellent look at this time of this time of society, I guess, where everything that used to be so hidden and under covers, pun intended, uh, was starting to come out to the open and it was making a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, and it also, I mean, Dirk, it, it shows how, you know, drugs are bad. You know, this is your brain on drugs, right? He couldn't get his dick up anymore. You know, the the fluffer was having a harder and harder time, pun intended again. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like the story. I think it's really interesting. I like how they all kind of separate and, and they still continue to. You know, they continue the story, the story of Amber Waves, you know, how she, her kids get taken away from her and all that. And then, uh, you know, Dirk is his story of how he wanted to become a musician. And instead, he they end up killing a, a, a drug, a drug lord or, or something. Well, he wasn't a drug lord, but, you know, so, yeah, a local drug dealer. So, you know, I, I like I said, it's an interesting story. I think it's really neat. But. I think the real draw for me was Burt Reynolds and the character he played. And in the end, you know, I'd have to say that Jack wins, right? Well, yeah, Jack, Jack knew, you know, all along. It's kind of like, um, the, the, the Goodfellas, uh, you know, scenario to where, you know, Paulie didn't want, um, Henry Hill involved with drugs because he knew, he knew what drugs would do to people. So you would see exactly. Henry Hill deteriorate throughout the film and, him doing less and less for him, but you know the hell they have the whole breakdown scene in here to to where Dirk's ready to go on. It's one of Jamie's favorite exchanges in any movie. Like I know where I'm, Jack. I know I'm at, Jack. I'm in the state of California. You know whatever, he's, whatever the line is. You know, with mm-hmm. the, so I can't I can't film you the state you're in. What's the trouble, Jack? The state of California. I know I'm at, Jack. Here he says, you know, and um, that's one of Jamie's favorite bits of dialogue. So I had to throw that out there. Um. Yeah, the drug the drugs are a big thing in this movie. I forgot, I I should I should have mentioned a few more of these names. The, their buddy when they're gonna go get the drugs uh, is played by unrecognizable Thomas Jane. Just uh, look for that next time if you don't know that's him. Um, yeah, I I did this film quite a bit. Like like I said, it came out when I was sixteen years old. I was a I was a sophomore in high school. You know, I'm still immature, but I was much more immature back in those days. So seeing uh, Roller Girl. Uh, Heather Graham, f- 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 <laughs> when she removes that jumper over she's wearing, and you see everything, uh, th- that that boner that I gained for her and license to drive just got all the much bigger. Okay, it, just, it was it was bad, you know. So yeah, rewind that again, you know. You hit the VHS and everything, just 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 wear, <laughs> just wearing that part out, you know. Just, uh, yep. But yeah, she, she 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 she's hot and um very very cute in this movie. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I did, did not mention. I feel like a fucking asshole. Scotty J, one of the most pathetic creatures this entire movie because he's like that guy that's kind of hanging around. He's he's doing the sound, but he tries to be one of the boys, and he's just so sexually awkward. And he plays it so well in this movie. But you you feel you feel how pathetic he is. And you feel so bad for him. Yeah, it's it's, it's really man. But I I, I like the, the 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 rise of Dirk here. He he. He's very naive at first, and he gets into the business, and then he, he gets more and more confidence in himself, and 
the higher he gets, the more and more that confidence builds, and it's um, it, it really shows, you know, that they, they, this 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 era of the, the late seventies and the early eighties, you know, that what these these guys were doing, and not just not just um, porn stars, but like regular movie stars too, you know, they get into this shit too, and it's just just down for the count. Um, like you said, the Burt Reynolds, uh, is sort of his banner roles for, for a lot of reasons. He, he, he be sympathetic. He could be, you know, debonair, you know, he, he's so many emotions in, in this movie. And I, I, um, I love that. I love that, uh, Burt, Burt's doing all these things and nobody really knew he had it in him because he's just that, that horn dog, Burt Reynolds and most everything. And, and that's fine. I, I could watch Gator right now. I have a great time with it. Okay. It, it's fine. You know, <laughs> But yeah, this is this, this old, this, this, the, the, the capture, the feel, you know, the music in the movie. I, I, I can't listen to Living Thing by ELO without thinking of this movie. Because that, right? that's a place exactly. in, in the end of the, in the end credits and when everything breaks down. And I, I love, you know, that because much, much like any addict, you know, he, he has to fall. You know, in, in his case, falling, him, him making a bad drug deal and almost dying. For for right him to see the error of his ways and you know th- there's that moment you know where, where he he comes in the house and Jack Jack embraces him like he's his son you know and that's and that's because mm-hmm. if you watch Dirk's you watch Eddie Dirk, Dirk's parents you know his mom's a, an angry pill and his his father is is a trophy husband he he doesn't say anything throughout the entire movie. I mean, the mother makes the comment when he goes to, goes to try to be affectionate with her about hating that he didn't shave, and that's that's all she could say, you know, to her husband that's trying to be affectionate, just just to get a, a little <laughs> bit affectionate to his wife, just a little bit, you know, a little good morning. She's like, you know what, fuck you, you didn't shave. Like, oh yeah, this is the kind of woman you're dealing with right here. Ugh, just awful. It so, is. It is. So the fact that he's got Jack, and there, there's that scene. And then the scene right after, to where he's on the couch with Amber, you know, she she's like the mother character doing, which is really weird because they they fucking fucked. But um, I I digress. Um, but it's it's that those parental figures that that he never had, and mm-hmm. it's 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 there. It's all it's all there, you know, with with, with the sleaze, which uh has one of the greatest um fuck up lines that that they kept in the movie ever, were um. Little Bill's wife is getting plowed in the, in the driveway. And oh God! He's talking to Ricky J. Ricky J., a famous comedian turned actor, plays uh, Kurt Longjohn. You know, R.I.P. Ricky J. and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Burt Reynolds. God, there's dead people in this movie. Mm. Um, where he says, uh, "My wife is getting her ass in the fuck" or something like that. He says, and I think that's a line he flubbed that they kept in the film because. If my, my wife was getting plowed by many dudes in a driveway, I, I don't know how my speech would be either, but I better be terrible. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm pretty sure it would be too. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this this is this is it's it's um it's probably the the best um Paul Thomas Anderson film to, to show show to somebody. Um because I, I his other films are especially like Magnolia that I think is all over the place. It's oh just, my uh, god! Yes, it's 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 everywhere. This is kind of like has a straight narrative, you know, the rise and fall of this young man, 
Um, my, my last call to Archie's people listening, Alan Graff shows up in this movie as Man with Gun. Uh, there's a connection for you. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just crazy fun. It, it gets it's it almost turns into like cartoon, especially the scene with the drug dealer who who who's, oh my god yes who's played by Alfred Molina for fuck's sake. Okay, it's it's, it's wild. And um, he's playing a stereo loud, and there's the kid in the background with the firecrackers, and all this is creating tension. That this guy is this high, and you see this big black guy standing in the background, and this kid's just blowing off firecrackers in the house. It, it just <laughs> all this is create this fucking tension that that builds up to. Of course, you got you got that one guy, and, and if you hung out with some some drug addicted people, and I've hung out with some people, I never traveled with them or anything, but I know these people. I've heard these stories. You always get that one guy that when you make the deal is like the wild card, and Thomas Jane is unfortunately their wild card because yeah. he knows there's money. <laughs> he knows there's money in the house, and he wants it, man. You know. <laughs> oh, but no, like, good, stick good. to the plan, man. Stick, stick to the, the plan. Exactly. He, he's not a big believer of that. He's he's got to be the wild card. But this this movie, uh, yeah, it's 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 perfect. I mean, as as a narrative, as a, as a character study of 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 many people in this movie, you know, Bobby J. I mentioned it's just they do so well at capturing this person. You you know you 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 want to know what the story is, but you know it's going to be fucking tragic. You know, like what's the deal with this awkward dude? And then you'd find out you'd be like, wow, I I didn't need that in my life. You know, but it's <laughs> just um. So many things going on in this movie that are great, and they all they all they all fit together here. And I I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. And it's, it's two and a half hours that fly by. And um, that is correct, though. You have to that that's something you have to give this movie. You don't feel like you have sit you you have sat for two and a half hours. It's the same thing with the other one. It doesn't feel like a movie that's longer than two hours. Because there there are no lulls in it where you know you can get up and go get something to drink or something. You're you're engaged the whole time. I will say something about Little Bill in this movie. There is a point in the movie, and we're spoiling this. I don't care. Yeah, y'all have seen Boogie Nights. If people listen to this show, I ho- I hope you have. But <laughs> really, if you haven't, what's wrong with you? Little Bill's wife's getting plowed in the bedroom at the New, at the New Year's party, and he he goes shoots her, her lover, and then he kills himself. Now I love in the end of the movie and then the climax of the movie to where they're showing like the um, the, the great um, the great um, tr- tracking shot of of Jack's house that um, Roller Girl has just put up this this beautiful painting of Little Bill. It's it's wonderful. I I, I hope that 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 William H Macy has this photo in his house, this this painting, because it'd be awesome if he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, the one in Serial Mom. That the guy buys from their their flea market table, fucking Don Knotts. He's the coolest, you know. <laughs> it's so good, you know. But um, yeah, I, I got ain't got much more to say about this film because it's it's there's so much to talk about, and I I, I don't want to get into you know, Buck's uh, Buck's, and I we didn't even get into Buck, but you know Don Cheadle's character Buck, his uh, trying to find his identity in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end, he becomes he becomes a family man in the end, where he's wearing a suit and tie and stuff. But um, yeah. Um, Iris, anything else you want to say about the film? What do you give it? Um, just again, I mean, totally 
passed up the little bill character character right um yeah um it, it just you, you just feel for the guy you really do and and when he turns around and does what he does you know kills her kills him and and then himself um you're like well that was well deserved <laughs> i mean can, can, can you can you right. imagine can you imagine the conversation in this community just talking about little Bill's getting pl- wife getting plowed by other dudes all the time. Right? I mean, it's he, like, he'd have to well, be, if he films to... it but doesn't know what's going on, yeah. like, that's pretty fucked up. He'd have to be that's so, he'd up. be that level of frustrated where he would shoot shoot them and then shoot himself. You know, just it's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so, yeah, I, it, it was well-deserved. No, 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 you're fine, you're good, you're good. So that was very well-deserved. Um, Again, like I said, you don't feel like you're sitting for, you know, two and a half hours. I think it's what it is. You don't feel like that. The characters in this, they're fun. Um, they're interesting. They're not. Each character has a reason for being there. It's not like throwing a whole bunch of people in there kind of just to, again, another pun, fluff the story up. Um, but, um, yeah, no, no. It's a good story. I like the characters. the The cast is amazing. Again, you know, there's there's Burt Reynolds, and like you mentioned, a complete prodigal son type of story. Uh, went on his way, took all of his, you know, daddy's money that daddy gave him, and he blew it. Then he comes back and wants to know if he can be come back into the fold, and and he's received with open arms. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give this a seven. Oh man. Yeah, I, I, um, I dig it, and I, I, I keep, I've been digging it for, for as long as it's been out. I, I didn't see this in theaters. I, I, I saw it on, on VHS, and um, I owned that VHS for a long time. But yeah, it, good, good times, good characters, fucking tragic, fucking characters at the same time. The only one really holding down the fort is um, good old Jack Horner there, and mm-hmm. I, I love that he's the glue of all this. This this is a big thing for me in this movie that it's not that he has no worries, but it he, he ain't got time for it either. At, at the same time, right. it's just right. It's it's, it's again it's like Paulie and Goodfellas. It's like you know what you, you you did this to yourself, and now you got to face the music and music faced. You know there it is. But you know it, it is the rise and f- fall of him, and this is um <clears throat> this is the I guess it would be like John Holmes the movie, right? Kind of in a way, or no, or I don't even mm-hmm. know that works. Okay. Yeah, he is. He is kind of giant, uh, you know, Long John Holmes. But um, good shit though. I I I'd have to give it like an eight though, and it's it's it holds together very well, and it's not it's not just the the, the boobies. It's it's everything else too. And um, yeah, eight out of ten. That's it for this one. We'll come back and close out the show. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, 
just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really. You can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon. And for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Iris, another one of the books, girl. I'm glad to be uh, on this ride with you. Uh, Suzanne, I'm sure, oh, will be. Suzanne, I'm sure will be on the next one with us. Um, which are our next full episode together. I, th- I think it's going to be one of two things because we have this idea to do uh, a tribute to two of the two of the greatest bombshells of the '60s and '70s that passed away: um, Stella Stevens uh-huh. and, and Raquel Welch. So we're going to do a tribute show to those two. We're going to follow through on this. And, um, yeah, films that you may never have heard of before, which are going to be a lot of fun. Um, but after that, we, we are, our, our show um, in the K. I know Iris is very excited about this. I'm sure Suzanne is, too. Uh, t- two, uh, two bipedal uh, m- um, <laughs> animal movies, uh, if you will. I called it Where So Horny. We're going to do The Howling and, and, and Sleepwalkers with, with the cat people, cat, cat wear people. And, no, I'm um, so excited. <laughs> they're, they're just so horny in those movies. So it's called Where So Horny because I'm so mature, people. That's all it is, you know. <laughs> These puns don't write themselves, people. It, it, it's, uh, I know. It just, this episode is full of puns. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Mike Murphy would have his finger on the button for that boing sound. Like, uh, for, 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 for Iris there. Just, uh, <laughs> he's so fun. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, all the, all this stuff, go, go join the Legion Patreon, go join the butcher shop Facebook group. Um, if you haven't checked that out yet, go look for the fleas and flicks charity auction, uh, event page. I've, I've, po- I've put it up. I've started to post some items on there that are going to be up for auction. Um, that is happening March 18th and 19th. It's a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, how this works is you go there, I put the items up, you bid in the comments section, and this is not uh, a thing to where you could, if you're in England, you know, you won't be able to bid on things. You just go in there and bid in the comments section. If you're willing to pay for shipping, I'll ship to fucking Australia if you want me to, okay? But all the proceeds go to the South Suburban Humane Society. It's a no-kill shelter in the South Suburbs of, of Illinois. Uh, they do great things there. They uh, are full up a lot, which uh, if, if, if you're an animal lover, uh, go adopt, don't buy. Go go do that, because there's a lot of uh, babies in that home lo- looking for a home. A lot of senior dogs looking for, for a possible foster. Uh, this is important things. My, my, I found a stray um, <clears throat> running around my side yard, and it's a, it's a big old p- pity hound mix, and... I, I went and collected his dog. He came right to me, and the I had to call the police for them to come get him. But he went to animal control, and the it was a big stupid process. But my landlord is going to adopt this dog, and we're going to pick him tomorrow. Oh, yay! So my landlord, who has Legionnaire's disease, unfortunately, and lives by himself, uh, is going to have a companion. And if you don't have animals, you don't know what that feeling is. You know, you could say, "Fuck the yeah. wife, fuck the kids." You know, this dog is the most excited, or this cat is the most excited to see me when I get home, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is just true. Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're very excited to see you. And if you don't have that kind of companionship in your life, 
I think there may be a hole in your life, maybe. You know, and if you can fill that with with an animal, go go uh, hit that shelter and go 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 find one, please. You know, they they, they, need, they need you. You know, but uh, Iris, what you got coming up, girl? Well, um, um, Mike and I, of course, we we've started this new venture of it's called it's a new podcast. It's called That's Sort of Weird, and it's basically dedicated to pop culture, pop culture, uh, like true crime, cryptids, aliens, disaster, you know, things like that. And, um, yeah, we basically try to be as informative, critical, and humorous as we can. Um, the latest and greatest is one of Mothman, and both Mike and I have a lot of fun with that. Um, and I mean, we're on episode four and we started out with Noah's Ark and then I did the ghost of four Oh, uh, five, four Oh one. Um, Mike did, um, Larry Singleton. And then there's this one with the Mothman. I mean, go check it out. We are on that sort of weird.com and, uh, you know, there they are and check them out. Oh, and if you leave us a five star review, uh, we'll send you a sticker. Gary, you're still there. I have made stickers here for this show, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, if you leave us a five star review, go look for the butcher shop on your your podcast feed and your at your Apple Music or your whatever you you go on. Um, yeah, we, we we'd appreciate that. I've been doing it gradually for for my different friends because I have an iPhone now, uh, not willingly, but it, it makes it easier now more than ever to leave somebody a five star review on on uh, Apple Podcasts. So, uh, and it really does help. Yeah. So for those people, you're you're welcome, I guess. You know, I, I mean it out of love. And um, <laughs> yeah, we record torches next week. Uh, we're doing jo- Johnny Handsome, which is a Mickey Rourke joint. That's the next one up in the Walter Hill oeuvre. Uh, and with that, for the Patreon show, we are doing Mister Sardonicus, which is a William Castle joint, um, connected because of the, the you know change in the face and getting revenge, and they, they go together. People trust me on this one. Uh, Russ we play it by ear. We have been able to line up a two drink in a couple of weeks because Kyle's been busy on the weekend, and that's when we can record those on the weekend. But the next one of those that you should hear should be uh, the next up in, in the um, John Fasano film uh, festival that we're doing, Rock and Roll Nightmare, starring the great John Michael Thor in, in, the, in, the, in the role of that movie, Roll of a Lifetime, with the, with the wind blowing and him fighting a pu- puppet demon and man... It's so bad, but it's so good. But mm-hmm. um, that's about it for this one. Um, this has been your Cine Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. <laughs>